Let's not waste any time. Let's get right at it. We are joined right now by a former NFL defensive back. He played 17 years for the Steelers, the Ravens, the Raiders, the 49ers. He is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was inducted in 2009. He won a Super Bowl with the Ravens in 2001. An 11-time Pro Bowler, a nine-time All-Pro, the 1993 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. There's more. I don't even have time to get to it all. He appears courtesy of the NFL Alumni Health. Of course, I'm talking about my man, Rod Woodson. Rod, it is awesome to see you, man. How you doing? Jim, it is great to be here. You look, you have aged so well. You look my so man. good, man. My man, I appreciate you saying that, dude. You too. You too. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Love it. I'm glad everybody's here. This is my hometown now. I've been here for four years. I'm glad the Super Bowl is here. I'm glad that everybody's enjoying our sunshine that we're starting to get here this week so it's going to be fun it's going to be great it's going to be awesome rod woodson is joining us i'm glad you mentioned this is your town for instance last spring you were the head coach and gm of the las vegas vipers of the xfl i'm curious what about that experience what was your biggest takeaway after being an assistant coach in the nfl as long as you were what was the experience like last year for you with the xfl it taught me a lot about who I am, but it taught me a lot about what a head coach really goes through. I mean, you, you go through more than it shouldn't be. You shouldn't be called coach. You should be called a manager, like kind of like they would do in baseball. Sure. You're a manager. I mean, it's, you have so many different things that come to your plate that has nothing to do with football, everything outside of football. And that's one of the things that I give a lot of credit to all these head coaches in the National Football League and all the sports that do it on a daily basis and year after year that they have to take that on. It, it gives you a lot, but it, it's a handful, but it teaches you a lot about who you are. We're talking to Rod Woodson, so having gone through that, it's different. You learned about yourself. You learned about that gig. Did you learn that you like that gig, or did you learn that you don't want that gig? No, I love, I love coaching because I love, you know, I was blessed when I was in Pittsburgh to have Tony Dungy, Rod Rust, you know, uh, uh, Mean Joe Green was there, Chuck Knoll was there, and then they leave. And then Dick LeBeau, Dom Capers, and Bill Cower comes in. So for that 10-year period, giving back to not only in football, but in life. So for me, coaching, giving back to players on the football field is one thing, but giving back tidbits and planting seeds in life is another. Hall of Famer Rod Woodson joining us. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the Steelers. I was going to ask you about them because the one guy you didn't mention was Mike Tomlin. And Rod, there's something weird going on. Whenever I mention Mike Tomlin on this show, Steeler fan hits me up and hits me hard, and they can't get rid of this guy soon enough. Do you share their frustration, or do they just not get how good they have it with this guy? Well, you know, I think the Steelers have done it right. They've done it the right way. They've picked leaders. And if you think about Chuck Knoll, you think about Bill Cowher, you think about Mike Tomlin, only three coaches in the history of their franchise. He has done a lot of good things. He's won a Super Bowl. I know he hasn't been back recently. Uh, He is still a really good coach. And I look at him and say, they have talent, but it's sporadic. It's not across the board. It's sporadic. And for how he is still winning the majority of his games year in and year out, it's been amazing. So, you know, you've got to be very careful what you wish for. Because if you get rid of Mike Tomlin, who are you going to bring in? This is what I keep like, saying. Who are you going to bring? Who's going to be better than Mike? And, you know, I, I, I love Mike. And if, you, if anybody's ever in the room, I sat in there one time listening to him speak to the team. And I, when he got done, I walked up to him and said, man, if I could still play, I would play for you. I say that's really high praise. I mean, it seems to me the coach's job is to get as much as they possibly can out of the talent they've been given. This is what this guy does, right? He definitely does. I mean, he he gets every ounce of it. And week in and week out, year after year, 
you, and I look at them and go, man, where's the talent, especially on the offensive side? Like, where's it been? Where's it at? And since Ben left, they've been struggling on that side of the ball. And for me, the way Mike has, he allows his players to be themselves inside of their system as long as they don't go rogue. Um, but what he's done year after year with the talent that he has at hand, I think is amazing. Rod Woodson joining us. I mentioned you were also in the front office. You were a GM last year, too. What was that experience like? And going forward, what kind of an opportunity are you looking for now? Uh, listen, whatever doors God opens up for me, he'll open that door. Uh, I'll be able to walk through it. Uh, as a GM, you know, I, I have the same kind of the same mindset the Steelers have always had. Find the best athlete, the best player that you can find, irrelevant of what he looks like. Because huh. everybody's looking for, you know, you got to be a six-two corner. You got to have a wingspan of such and such. You got to you got to run a four-three something, four-four forty. No, you don't have to. I, I think if you can find the best athletes and put them together collectively with a good co- coaching staff, that's when you build a really good environment, and that's when you have winning football teams. We are talking to Rod Woodson. So, Rod, you of course were with the Raiders for a long time, and Antonio Pierce gets that job full time. He was the interim head coach. The team obviously responded really, really well to him. I understand why they hired him, but it seems to me you hire a guy like that not because of what he just did, but what he can still do for you going forward. What do you make of that hire, and what does he need to do to get the silver and black back in a place where they're competing with Kansas City on the yearly, on the annual? The one thing I love what he said recently is that, listen, if you're not wearing silver and black, we're, we're going to try to be physical, violent. And even though in this football world it can't be overly violent now, you know what I'm saying, uh, as, a, as a, the way the flags get thrown against defensive players. But I think what he has, he has a good message. Like, he's been a Raider fan for a long time. He understands what, it's, what it is to be a Raider. And... As long as they understand that, as long as his message is on point, I think it's, listen, we're going to be physical, we're going to be fast, we're not going to apologize that we're physical and fast, and we're going to keep playing. And for them, it was about getting the right offensive coordinator in, and you got to hope that's going to be the case. Did, I was going to say, did they well, run? You don't know. You don't know until he starts coaching, and I, I like the talent they have. You know, they can add some more weapons, obviously. But I think Antonio is going to have them play really fast, hard football, and it's going to be the old Raider way. Rod Woodson, one of the best ever to do it, joining us here on the set in Las Vegas. Now, you won that Super Bowl in 2001 as part of a legendary Ravens defense led by Ray Lewis, who won the MVP honors in the game that day. Looking at the Niners defense, looking at the Chiefs defense this week, which of those two defenses do you have more confidence in right now? Ooh, that's a hard. You know, the, the Chiefs defense has played really good football this year. I mean, they really have. I mean, they, I was really surprised how good they played throughout the whole year because it's the previous years has been the offense. The offense has kind of kept them around, and the defense would play well sporadically throughout the year, but they've played solid football. Listen, Sneed has become one of the best corners in the National Football League where last year he didn't. He played well, but he didn't play like this. And I, I think, you know, you got to give Spags. Spags has done he, – he's been around the league for a long time. He understands what it takes to, to play. They, they got playmakers across the board. Um, you know, I love – the 49ers, I do. I, I think Warner is a beast for the middle linebacker no position. Uh, they got players across the board for them. They have not played great football, right? these two playoff games, but they won. And for me, when I watch that, I'm, going, I'm looking at them going, I know they're not, not going to play three bad games. 
I just don't think they will. I think they're going to play really good football. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Hey, Rod, what if they don't? I mean, they did what they had to do. Credit for that. They did what they had to do. They found a way to get it done. But if they play defense the way they have the last couple of games, is it going to be good enough to win on Sunday? That would be a tough one. The one thing that you don't want, you don't want Brock Purdy have to throw the ball 35 to 40 times in a game. Mm. That's not who the system is. The system is to, hey, listen, they got the best running back in the National Football League playing for the 49ers. All right, you got to give him the ball, run the ball. You got to give him to him in the passing game, let him find his mismatches, give the ball, distribute the ball to your playmakers and the Debo and Ayuk and Kittle. You do that, they keep the game close. When they keep the game close, they win those games. It's when they get the when the game gets too far away from them. That's when you're putting too much. I think too much on the shoulders of Brock Purdy, and that's not what they are. See, that's interesting. Like, how much do you put on his shoulders? For instance, when you won that Super Bowl with the Ravens, the whole talk about Trent Dilfer was, hey, listen, just don't make any mistakes. Don't make any mistakes. Do what you have to do. You've got playmakers everywhere. Let them do what they do best and don't make mistakes. Is that enough for Brock Purdy, or does he have to make plays, and does he have to make big plays for them to win? Well, he's made plays all year long. Yes. People's always talking about how he's a game manager. And I'm like, wait, he's a really good game manager. Sorry sorry to interrupt. That's what I want to say. Number one, I don't think that's a wrap. Being a good game manager is a good thing. And number two, he's more than that. He is. Like, you have these playmakers. You still got to distribute the football (laughs) to them. They can't throw and catch it. Not to go just sell on anybody, but they can't throw it and catch it themselves. I mean, so you still have to distribute the football to your guys who are open. And he has done that tremendously. And the only reason he they consider him as a game manager because where he was drafted. That's it. And how and if how he, he was looks. a number one and pick. And how he looks. Right. Which you said in the beginning doesn't matter. And if he was a number one pick. Yeah. In the first round. He'd be a legend. They would not be saying that. Oh no, they'd be like, "This is the guy," and we knew it all along. Listen, let me ask you really quickly before I ask you why you're here. I want to ask you because you mentioned playmakers. You were—it was your job to shut down playmakers. You were really, really good at that job. Travis Kelsey, one of the best playmakers of any generation or any era. If you had a matchup with him, how would you try to slow him down? I'm being physical. Yeah, you got to be physical with Travis Kelsey. You can't let him off the ball. Very similar to two weeks ago when the Ravens played him. They didn't touch him off the ball. Mm. You can't allow, you can't give Patrick Mahomes his number one read right away. <laughs> you got to take away the number one read and make him go to two to three. And if they beat you doing it that way, you can live so with that, right? I can live with that. But I can't give you number one and number two and number three and let you have your day throughout the whole game. All right, so Rod, you're here on behalf of the NFL Alumni Health, which is teamed up with the DEA administration. It's the One Pill Can Kill Public Health campaign. Lay that out for me. What are you doing and what is that all about? Yeah, you think about where fentanyl. Fentanyl is getting cut into everything. And people these people in, in this world are in social media and they're buying product online, not from a licensed physician, not from a licensed uh, pharmacist, but online. And 300 people a day last year died from fentanyl use. And only three grains of fentanyl can kill you. So to me, this spreading the word that, hey, let's be smart what you're doing. If you have a happy, listen, make sure you, whatever you're doing, if you want to get some, you, you need to get pain medicine, go to your, go to your licensed physician. If you need to, talk to a licensed pharmacist. Do everything the right way because all these people who are dying don't have to die. Listen, we talk to our kids about this all the time. It's not hard to get, and you don't know what you're getting. You don't. You have no idea what they're cutting it with. And, and, and that's one of the questions. When I, when I saw the campaign, I'm like, I'm in. Uh, I mean, it's personal for me because my oldest son had, a, had an issue with uh, addiction 
back in the day. Uh, obviously, he's gotten through it. Obviously, it wasn't like it is today where they're cutting it with fentanyl. Uh, so I was blessed that it happened in that, that time frame. But so many other parents and family members are passing away because they're not paying attention and they trust the site that they're being honest. Because it's a platform and it's social media, so you assume it's okay, but it might not be. Rod Woodson, very powerful message, my man. So good to see you. Good appreciate see you. the friendship. You look appreciate. Good. Appreciate. You got some purple. You play. For, you must have been for the Rangers. No, man, it's, all, no, it's not that, man. So it's all about trying to stay warm, man. You know I'm an LA native. I'm trying to stay warm. Appreciate you, Rod, so much. Good Absolutely. to see you. Appreciate Rod it. Woodson, one of the best to ever do it. And that's a good way to start the hump day. Yeah, I'm rocking the purple mock. Go ahead. Come on, clones. Come at me. Let me know. Let me hear all of it. I don't care, man. I don't care. I'm here to stay warm. 